0: Welcome to Bring the Jury. We are back. Our first show of 2024. I'm here with Luke and Brian Sheely at Sheely Law Firm, located in South Carolina. We're at the Columbia office today. Um, and we have got a lot to talk about with everything in regards to Alec Murdoch and uh, the Becky Hill juicy drama that's been going on. woo hot off the press i'm going to go ahead and pass it to brian while i get us up and running on instagram live as well if you're joining us from twitter your questions that you post will be um posed to us and we can answer those live time and i think we're also on facebook so if you're joining us from facebook as well hello
1: facebook still a thing
0: facebook yeah it's a a dinosaur but we don't judge
2: you what about the folks from myspace
0: um, they, I think, just need a special code wow. to join. Alto Vista,
2: that Alto Vista.
0: And AIM? You
1: just aged yourself, boomer. I, I'm pretty sure Hannah does not know what Alto Vista
2: is. <laughs> I
0: don't know what that is. AIM is like the oldest I'm familiar
2: with. <laughs> several other boomers out there that probably know.
1: So what's happening? Yeah, so Murdoch and Becky Hill and this whole story, it's like, you know, it's just that, you know, its like the, the gift that keeps on getting It's like, I'm just trying to think about how to describe it. It's like that juicy Christmas meal that like gets, you liked it when it first happened and then you ate on a couple of days. I was still good and then I got stuck in the back of your fridge and then a couple of weeks go by and you take a peek at it and then all of a sudden, it gets moved to the front, and it's like in your face. I mean, this is the story. are you making a Tetrazzini on it? And then you're making a Tetrazzini, or you're wrapping it's it up into, into, oh, that old turkey, that old Christmas turkey, you know, something that, you know. But I'll tell you what, this is not dry turkey. It's actually pretty interesting turkey. Hmm. Um, concerning Murdoch, and it, you can't say Murdoch now without talking about sweet Becky.
0: Sweet Becky.
1: And for those that have been living under a rock you know last year there was uh, the trial of the century allegedly in terms of interests where Murdoch was convicted of killing his wife and son and it seemed like it was kind of done and dusted and then lo and behold um, in kind of post-trial interviews with the jurors in the case and that happens routinely I mean we Good criminal defense lawyers usually send a questionnaire or try to interview um, jurors to kind of learn from the experience or just make sure everything that, you know, they intended in terms of their verdict is secure. And it turns out that there is information that Becky Hill, who is the Colleton Clerk of Court and elected official, was trying to influence the jury and talking to the jury about Murdoch's testimony. And that started a whole firestorm. Um, I feel like we're doing a 2023 year review, review wrap.
0: Yeah. Um, so, the, so
1: the defense did some filings saying they wanted a new trial based on the legal standards for jury tampering. And, you know, it's, you know, the, I'm going to ask Luke about the case on a little bit here, but, you know, court officials, there's lots of cases with bailiffs and various people that deal with jurors about little offhand comments, but, you know, this is something quite different. Um, so then Becky Hill lawyered up. She's got a really good lawyer. Last time I checked, it was Will Lewis. He's a real, a real smart, intelligent lawyer out of Charleston, former um, assistant U.S. attorney. Um, and she, you know, produced an affidavit probably, you know, consulting with, The, you know, attorney general's office and kind of pushing back that she didn't do anything uh, improper. Um, The affidavit was sent uh, along with some state filings challenging Murdoch's right to have a new hearing. Um, And then some things started happening with Becky Hill, Um, her phone. Got seized, for one, which was interesting. Sled seized her phone. It's never good at all when your phone gets seized. Yeah. Um, Apparently, her son was involved in wiretapping one of her calls. Um, Her phone got seized. It seems to be some kind of reporting that she and her son were, you know, surreptitiously recording recording calls she was had going with another county official good old-fashioned wiretapping good old-fashioned wiretapping and we talked about this on one of our prior podcasts but you know sled realized this was happening well how do they know well because they're listening already
2: <laughs> that's how they know
1: uh know, you hear that boop, uh that little audio chime indicates you're being recorded so like so they figure that out they sees becky's phone and her son who is the technology director uh for Colleton county's court systems gets arrested with a state level wiretapping charge was which is pretty rare normally you see that at the federal level um Then, you know, FOIAs for Becky Hill's emails are produced due to all the interest in what's going on with Becky Hill. And they seem to indicate just tons of terrible things. Um, Now, if she were not the clever court, and she was just a personal. you know, writer, and she's working on her book deals. You know, it seems like a lot, a lot of these uh, emails are concerning her book deal, um, which is part of the Murdoch team's strong suggestion about why she was trying to influence the jury in this case because they would like, the, you know, in theory, book sales are driven by a Becky Hill court. Um, as the clerk of court where there's a conviction and she gets to, you know, as opposed to a retrial or that kind of thing. So um, there's a lot of information about book deals and book content. So in these emails, which there are thousands of them and a lot of really smart people have looked through them, you know, her co-author um, has basically come out and said, well, it looks like she plagiarized portions of the book. I can see this in the emails production and and sales of this book are to cease immediately and this is her co-author that was pretty much a Becky Hill advocate.
2: Oh Oh, yeah, he was
1: they were weighing in on the wars on Twitter and defending her (laughs) So, but then her her co-author is looking at the emails like everyone else and be like, oh, well here I can see where she plagiarized this BBC reporters you know, uh, reporting on a particular issue so he put the brakes on that um, and then you know what else is happening uh, oh she's also emailing and we'll talk about this a little bit later because it has some ramifications for who's going to be a witness in the evidentiary hearing that's set for the 29th but in real time she was forwarding emails that were going to her clerk of court email account To the prosecutors that were prosecuting Murdoch, Mr. Creighton waters, and also, I think, a sled detective as well about how they should cross examine defense witnesses kind of in real time. So you got the whole world was watching this trial and Becky Hill was getting emails from people with opinions in the know about you know, firearms and defense theories. And and she just forwarded this along to Creighton um, as the trial was going on, which is crazy and terrible and fascinating. Um, We've talked about this before. We want our clerks of court arranging for meals for the jurors. We want them, you know, Validating their parking, making them comfortable. We don't want them emailing the prosecutors while book deals are being driven about how to better discredit defense
2: witnesses. It's just unheard of. Lou, how do you feel about that? Uh, It's quite disconcerting and, you know, Becky, whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen to Becky, but that, that surprises me less. I know it's still early, but I'm I'm very concerned that this wasn't reported by the prosecution, it should have been, they should have stopped and held their hand up and approached the judge and said, Hey, we've got this issue. I wanna you know, you've got a six-week trial of vast importance to the citizen of this state, to Mr. Murdoch, and you don't want anything to come between justice and that. And so if an elected official is forwarding you tips and secrets to aid in your prosecution in real time, that's a problem. And you have to know that eyes will be on this case Mm -hmm. to scrutinize anything that happens with it. And you just really, I'm a little disappointed in the state for not raising their hand and and bringing it to the court's attention and saying, we need some instruction here. Well, let us we need to talk about that issue a little bit bit more later
1: because we do have this evidentiary hearing with witnesses and there is going to be a question about You know, does Creighton waters become a witness now himself? Um, Because certainly, and we'll talk about that in a second, but let's talk about what's going on right now. Again, that was 2023 recap. So, Judge Newman has recused himself as to this issue. Um, Our Supreme Court Chief Justice Beatty has assigned former uh, Chief Justice uh, Gene Toll to oversee the new trial evidentiary hearing. To see if there's a new trial, um, Chief Justice Baby, and you know she's done it all. She's been there. She can handle it. So when you think about some of the most seasoned, intelligent lawyers in the state, you know she's she's the one. Um, you know she's going to have, you know, no issue is going to be evading her from the legal perspective, and no factual issue. Is going to be shrouded in mystery for her. Um, she's highly intelligent. Um, at that age of semi-retirement, she's, no, you know, after, what is it, 72 and you go into semi-retirement and she's been working since her semi-retirement um, holding court in various counties. We've done some things in front of her. There's been, I mean, she's working, um, but she has basically been pulled up. Out of the bullpen to handle this serious matter, and she's—I can't think of any more well-qualified person uh, judge to deal with this. But what we have is Becky Hill and her staff cannot receive any filings as well. All right. So um, Justice Baby said all filings in this matter must go right to the Supreme Court. We're going to deal with this. It would be highly improper. Because, I mean, filings are happening right now. We're going to cover some, you know, uh, the Murdoch team have filed a pre-trial pre-evidentiary hearing brief, kind of supporting what they, they they believe is the truth and the law. And the state has has done the same thing. But just not being, not going, you know, Becky Hill's stamp is not going on it. And so <laughs> might miss page five, might be left out of five. Yeah, so, uh, Chief Justice Beatty has made it clear that that would be improper at this point. So that all of this is, you know, new and kind of irregular. regular, we have now is a evidentiary hearing set for this month on the 29th. There have been three days allotted for this evidentiary hearing. And, you know, this, the state has kind of been arguing all along, you, they shouldn't get an evidentiary hearing. And I want to talk to Luke about evidentiary hearings and why that's different from lawyer argument. Um, so, Implicitly, by scheduling three days for an evidentiary hearing, uh, Justice Toll is already like, yeah, you're getting a hearing. Um, there's also a January 16th status conference. So before the three days, there's going to be a status conference. Um, Luke, what what normally happens at these at status conferencing
2: conferences before a big trial or hearing? What's a chance for the parties to talk about and share with the judge their ideas of how many witnesses they may have any troubling issues that you might want to give the judge a heads up on maybe a potential ruling so that because judges don't necessarily like to be surprised so if they want there's a, a difficult legal issue which is why these things are being briefed right now they want to read it consider it so it's just to kind of make things more efficient um anticipate any issues so you know if one side says we're going to be longer than three days well that might be a question if one side says well yes it's our burden but we've got a witness that can only be there on the very end of the third day like you know stuff like that scheduling timing legal issues
1: yeah so that'll happen on the 16th you know the- there's some briefs that have been filed, and, and it's it's clear from the Murdoch team that they want discovery. They want whatever the state wants to use to refute, you know, the allegation of you know improper um, activity on the part of Becky Hill. They want to know, like, you know, what are you going to put up? And so apparently, nothing's been provided yet mm-hmm. at all, other than Becky Hill's affidavit, um, saying she didn't do anything wrong. Um, so I imagine that'll be forthcoming. And if it's not forthcoming, you know, by the time the status conference comes along, I'm sure Justice Toll will be whipping parties into shape about their obligations to turn over information so as not to delay. I mean, I don't get the sense that this 29th date is gonna get delayed at all. Um, I think that's gonna that's gonna happen. Um, you know. Hannah, what are your thoughts about Miss Hill, Sweet Becky? You know, she's just she's put herself out there in a major way.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that she's a hard worker. <laughs> <laughs> I think Becky is a hard worker. I think she's very passionate about, um, or maybe her, her goals, her goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but circling back, kind of to what you were just saying, like I don't see a way in which. She hasn't, and obviously, that's me being narrow-sighted and not, you know, maybe perceiving this from both ends through like a legal lens. But I don't see how the state could really. uh, She just seems caught red-handed pretty bad. Emails seem pretty damning to me.
1: Well, yeah. So we'll talk about that in these filings. But yeah, Becky's got a couple things going. She's provided an affidavit saying all these affidavits by these. Jurors that the defense team has acquired. I didn't do any of that, and and we'll talk about the legal standard. But you know, she's saying she put herself out there early on, before probably she felt like there was going to be any criminal exposure coming her way, and she's now she's got herself a major criminal exposure. Lube, you know, given the fact that her emails have been produced, and that's the thing too. Like, if are going to be bad and you're a government official, it all comes out. With a FOIA request. Um, she's so we know that she's emailing prosecutors in real time, things that she thinks are gonna be helpful.
0: <laughs> it just seems so silly. Have you ever heard of anything like this? Never. Like they're just
2: never. Well
0: when did you think this was gonna how did you not know that, that this was gonna come to light?
2: Probably in, whoever wrote this brief that filed like, <laughs> just a couple days ago did a really good job they always do good writing you whoever know, they got right over there um, but there's some kind of quote that basically i think they talk about how uh, they feel like becky has waived her right to certain the fifth amendment when gets get to that i don't want to get cart before the horse but they basically <laughs> talk about how it has to be just it's basically a credibility match jurors versus becky hill becky hill is going to deny it but yeah a couple months ago that might have been interesting but i think that their best like that hasn't that proposition hasn't really aged very well (laughs) because because of the charges of wiretapping against her son which she's essentially the undeaded co-conspirator at this point the plagiarism the email is clearly helping one side so as as anybody and here the judge will sit as the fact finder uh the defense has the burden by preponderance of evidence and you know, literally, the standard is simply that there was a communication, and it was it wasn't about lunch; it was about the subject matter of this case. So you certainly have, unless all jurors just run for the hills, and the ones that have already committed to say that there was improper communication change their minds. So they they present that evidence, and then it's up to Becky to refute it. But credibility is there to be picked apart on cross examination, and she's got. She's in direct conflict, but why should we believe her when she's an incredibly alleged plagiarizer or, you know, incredibly alleged co-conspirator to wiretapping?
1: So it's just, that's a real problem for Becky. It's gotten, it's gotten real messy because initially when Becky gave that very nice, concise affidavit saying I haven't done anything wrong, it wasn't known that she had plagiarized. It wasn't known that she was communicating to law enforcement and prosecutors during the trial, with helpful hints and tips that she's receiving, um, and her phones weren't seized, and her son, who's in charge of technology for the courthouse, wasn't charged with wiretapping, tapping. And like you said, Lou, she's like the you know basically unindicted co-conspirator at this point. She's got tons of criminal exposure. And yet she's represented, but now all the real meaningful criminal exposure has manifested after she gave this affidavit. So essentially, if I were her lawyer, if I were Will Lewis, no way am I putting her, I'm asserting her Fifth Amendment right to remain silent. I don't necessarily agree with Dick Carputlian that she just waived that right. You don't waive constitutional rights, Dick. You know, now I agree she can't get up there and have her cake and eat it too. I don't think she can get up on the stand in an evidentiary hearing and say certain things and then invoke her fifth regarding other questions. I think that would be messy. I do feel like it probably needs to be an all or nothing thing, but if she just said, listen, I'd love to help. I'm not gonna, you know, get up here and say anything. I've got my lawyer, certain things have changed. Uh, I'm innocent, but I'm not going to give testimony in this proceeding. I mean, it's, it's going to get
2: gnarly. What do you think Justice Toll is going to do about that, Lou? Well, she definitely is going to be under <laughs> a subpoena. And then, you know, it really boils down to that question. Um, you certainly could plead the fifth, but whether that, now, number one, that doesn't help the state. If she's allowed to plead the fifth, which is a legal question for Justice Toll, It doesn't help the state refute what the defense is claiming here. And really, I think Harpootlian and Griffin make that very succinct argument that that's that's the only way they can push back on the evidence that will be presented, that one, there was a communication, and two, it was about the subject matter of the trial. And so without Becky, the state doesn't, they're gonna have other jurors, but it's not like a balancing test. Literally, the, the standard is very clear. It's was there communication, If it affected one, if it to one juror and one juror alone, that's enough for a new trial. And and look, the case law
1: doesn't (laughs) say that even say that it has to have influenced the jury. Right? It just says, was there a communication made, and the merit of that communication was concerning
2: the, the outcome of the trial. There's not a balancing test. It's not like a harmless error analysis that we have so throughout other appellate kind of evaluations. It's not, well, if we took away that bad, would there still be enough evidence to convict? That's just not what it is, because it's a structural error. Um, it means the structure of, our, of that institution of justice is damaged. It's not any kind of balancing test. And so this This brief by Hartman and Griffin is really quite a legal burn. And I enjoyed some of it because they really pick apart.
1: Oh, look, you're a defense lawyer. You're so biased. Lou, Lou. I am. Oh, you're a hack. You're a defense lawyer. I
0: am. But
2: they pick apart. You want to overcome justice. Justice has been served by these jurors. They just pick it apart so well that it makes it very plain for that even the average reader and in the, in the world of like heavyweight legal tete a tete, I mean, there's just some like iron glove
0: slap in the tethate? face. Tete a tete? Yes. That's on a t-shirt.
2: Um, did we learn that in law school? No. Tete a tete. There's just some like seriously iron gloves slap in the faces to the other side.
0: <laughs> what would you uh, call like a case like this, like against Becky Hill, like as a as an attorney?
1: It's a, it's a Public corruption. Public corruption, jury tampering. Well,
0: that sounds so technical. It's going to be wire. Ta- like would you call this Like, a, like <laughs> no, no, no. That's I mean, be... like, like you know, when you're like at bat and the pitcher just lobs you a meatball that you're just going to uh, knock out of the park. Uh, like, what? Would, like, give me a metaphor with this. Man, how far has she stepped in it, and how so bad? Tantalizing is that. It's mean,
2: it's a serious, unforced error. error. It's like Creighton Waters. Just caught this brilliant 90 yard touchdown thrown by John Metters, actually thrown by Alan Wilson. (laughs) Creighton is like on the one. He's like, and here comes Becky Hills, like this gopher that pops out. um, Holy snipers! It fumbles. I mean, it's just such an unforced error.
0: That's what I was saying. You know, know, assuming
2: it's all true, it's only for greed.
1: Empower, You know, I was Becky, her, Becky Hill, and this plagiarism and trying to monetize the Murdoch conviction, six-week slow conviction. Now I'm she's sure. really got something to write about. Yeah. After yeah.
2: all this is over, now she's got her own <laughs> true story to talk about and it's going to be centered around <laughs> her. Be writing about it from prison. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: She's uh, like, jokes on you guys. How much time would she do? What's, uh, what's a game?
2: Well, it just depends. I mean, right. I think we looked up the state crimes and it's like five that, years or that, ten years. Yeah, that wire
1: right. fraud. Well, again, that's her son. And then public corruption. And I, then
2: think, like, I think it's know, five years, up five years, but who knows what's coming? And the feds could pick this up. So it, it just depends on a lot of different things. It's not good. And if you think about a lot of the Murdoch trial was about money spent and in, in, inappropriately and obviously taken from victims. But if you think about all the state's financial resources that were put into the prosecution of this six-week trial and if it has to be come back and be redone because of her greed you can put a dollar figure on that Mm -hmm. that's just quite
1: unfortunate well well, Luke, i want to talk about these hearings so it seems like the state and the defense agree on one thing and it's that um You know, well, obviously there's an evidentiary hearing that's going to happen. The state didn't want it, so it's not just the it's by preponderance of the evidence. It's not by preponderance of the lawyer arguments again. So that's clear. There is going to be a hearing. There's going to be live testimony, sworn testimony, but does appear on these filings that both the state and defense agree that any testimony you know, to a, a juror. So you got a number of these jurors that are gonna come forth and talk about what they heard, if anything, from Becky Hill. That will be done in camera. So their identities will still be protected. So in camera, Luke, what does that mean? That means closed doors, just the judge, not televised, no media. And that'll be conducted by Justice Toll. Um and it seems like both parties agree that the jurors need to be Questioned by the referee, Justice Toll, and that other witnesses like "Mm, Becky Hill or anybody else get to be crossed up um, by Dick Harpootlian and company. Um, It also seems that you know Judge Newman did recuse himself as a potential witness in all this because he is. I mean, he was dealing with Clerk Hill, and he, you know, he's got. He was there. He was. I mean, we've referenced this in some prior blogs and po- and podcasts, but like he didn't like a couple things she was doing. I mean, he, you know, he's on the record in transcripts saying, I just remember this. Just, ooh, I don't like that she took a juror into her office and questioned her about some issue. I think this was the 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 Facebook post that turned out to be a lie concerning one juror and he and she was trying to question her in her office and turned out to be, be a fabricated Facebook post, but Judge Newman on the record is like, I do not like that. She needs to bring any juror issue directly to me, not stuffing her in office, you know, and and questioning her privately. So like, Judge Newman is a witness. And, and, you know, I think both sides agree that the jurors get to be questioned by Chief Justice Toll in camera, identity is protected. And then um, it seems a little different for Judge Newman. It's really more due to his status and in the judiciary that he will be questioned by a peer of his versus you know, these lawyers that he's been essentially governing over. For over a year now, and <laughs> so I think that's, a, I think they all agree that's appropriate, but then it's just, you know, let, let it all fly with lawyer cross examination and direct examination for any other witnesses. Luke, what other witnesses do you think could be called other than
2: Becky Hill herself? And and the jurors, And, and, by, judge and by the way, I will say, since we're talking about Judge Newman, that I, I did have the opportunity to appear before him um, a few weeks ago for his last official day. How did that? As go? a judge, <clears throat> it was quite cozy. It was a good day in court. He was. It was in Kershaw County, and he was. Everybody knew it was his last day. It was a Thursday or Friday, and he. Um, he was presented a kind of historic gavel by some of the staff members, and and then it was civil court, so he was just kind of taking up some civil motions and matters. He's in very good mood, and, you know, he kind of, although we were prepared to work very hard for what we were asking for, he did give it, um, give what we wanted, which is not always a certainty just because you ask for something from Judge Newman that you're going to get it. Both the nice twin does, yeah, but
0: not the evil
2: twin. Yeah, that's the evil one. I'm a good one. So then I got the opportunity to say, to shake his hand, thank him for all the years of whether it was really for me or against me. It was certainly educational um, stuff happening in his court. So that was, it was a nice little moment. But anyway. Bring the jurors. <laughs> bring the jurors. <laughs> Sorry for stealing your catchphrase for our podcast. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, Luke, okay.
1: so other than the jurors and Becky Hill, who else do you think could be called... By either the state or defense
2: in this. I mean, we got three days, right? Um, Who could be called? It could be bailiffs and any other people that may have been in position to observe juror behavior. Or Becky Becky staff. staff. Becky staff. Um, It could be, you know, it might be people on the other end of the false Facebook staff or the. You know the tenants that ultimately caused the one juror to be dismissed that that issue might be fleshed out to see if that was appropriate or not and i don't know but anybody had an opportunity to really witness that behavior
1: hannah is there anybody from the murdoch trial that you would love to see again hmm. any favorite characters that you just
0: oh wow you-, you know when like you-, you ask a question like that and then all of a sudden your mind goes blank like had you not asked i probably would know never- um, obviously, uh, Buster is great. He's not going to be involved in this, but, um, he was a great player.
1: I mean, um, if we have to do this trial all over again, Oh, I mean,
0: then, yeah, Buster, um, oh, who's Buster's friend? He, it wasn't, he wasn't very helpful though. Last name, um,
2: Oh yeah, I testified.
0: Yeah, he pointed. He was colorful. Oh, who's the guy that was such a hokey like fellow that was like so oh, that was like McKinsey? No, the groundskeeper. No, the, groundskeeper. The, groundskeeper. Oh, okay. yeah. the groundskeeper and um housekeeper one and two. Oh, PM yeah. and AM. Oh man. Yeah. They were great.
1: I mean, we could set up like a little battle royale for them because they hate each other.
0: Get jerseys made. I guess all the Laman's people, a lot of, I mean, I'm a simple. So I liked I like the emotion that was brought from from those folks.
1: Anna, you are nothing short of amazing. There's nothing simple about you that is funny. Um, speaking of things that are not funny, Luke. So of course, because the Murdoch team does great writing, they've attached some affidavits. And you know, every time I think about Becky Hill, and I I got furious thinking about just the allegations of what she was describing with the jurors about don't believe, you know, Murdoch's testimony and then taking jurors aside and like, you know, Luke and I as trial lawyers want nothing other than coordinating their comfort, making sure they get to court on time. But then in this most recent filing, we're looking at real emails of her forwarding communications as to how to beat the defense witnesses that are testifying right to the prosecutor and to law enforcement. Never in a million years that I think we could ever see anything like that. Luke.
0: Can I get some clarity on this? So when I was reading this, and maybe this is just from my own perception, like, can you guys break it down a little bit more maybe like as to what was happening? Like, was she discussing with jury or overhearing like the jury's kind of conversations about what they need more clarity on or what they don't, Feel was very clear, or had holes and then she was relaying that information, like on her pulse of the jury, to prosecutors. Or how did she have this information to share?
2: She was
1: forwarding emails that people were
0: citizens were sending. Oh, um, saying like from their perspective, this is right. what they
2: like. Here's an email, like literally as. Either shortly after defense witness Mike Sutton testified. And I remember I really enjoyed that guy because he did the whole three dimensional everything. He talked about that the shooter had to be a certain mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was a favorite. And so she receives, in her official capacity as court of court, an email from Mike Logran, who's like, hey, let me tell you about defense witness Mike Sutton. I'm a paratrooper, veteran rank a captain. I regularly shoot AR-15s and blah, blah, blah. So he just gives his breakdown of ways mm. to attack uh, what um, the defense expert Mike Sutton is saying. You know, it's so overlooking the fact that the assailant could have been crouching, whether they had, you know, glass classical stock, blah, blah, blah. And so she just it, it's one thing for her to get that because when you're in a super high profile trial and you've got lots of people who are interested whether they're wackadoos or not or just really knowledgeable folks that want to be involved okay, fine you just hold on to that but to take the step to forward it to the prosecution and just totally put the thumb on the scale of justice in the hopes. now we don't have any responses from this, I hope there wasn't a response but, but there should have been it is a quick break to address this with the judge to make sure everybody knows no action was taken on this. Mm-hmm. And please not do it again, Miss Hill. Um, and here's another one
1: where regarding, you know, I think part of the defense theory was that, um, you know, Alec Murdoch was too tall to have done the killing of his wife and his son due to some of the crime scene reconstruction. You know, I think you'll recall... It was the Craig Waters or one of his assistants who was making a whole lot of fun of like a child, child assassin, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, and, so, the, you know, like- and so, you know, here's she's forwarded another message from Andy Gibbs, you know, for Craig and Waters, friends forensic research witnesses ignoring the standard crouching or stalking posture of a 6'3 person would use to quietly approach the target. His assumption assumes someone simply walking up to a target to shoot on cross, ask what height the 300 blackout would be if stalking the, tar- the target. So what we can see is that she's sending this mm-hmm. is being forwarded at like 1 p.m. So that's like during a lunch break. Like And Becky's like, oh, I'm going to forward this because maybe Creighton needs to think of And she's forwarding it to Creighton Waters, Carly uh, Jewel. That's his paralegal. His paralegal and Charles Ghent with Sled. Mm-hmm so like she thinks this is valuable and who knows maybe it's based on her daily communications with the person, which was kind of much discussed about that's how inappropriate that is about what's the tenor of the jury how are they feeling about certain evidence and she's just picking things that she thinks are good good points and here you go creighton go go think about this
0: she is muddy the waters so not only not, <laughs> that's what our book is going to be <laughs> <laughs> muddy, waters. muddy waters. yeah C- waters.
2: great water is crystal crystal clear conviction has now been muddied <laughs> so
1: yeah creighton should have said hey let's you know put the court on notice the clerk courts stop even, it. it just but it, stop it well luke what about this what about when these revelations of jury, potential jury tampering and and misconduct on behalf of Ms. Hill, there was a rigorous response by Creighton Waters, and then they got an affidavit from Becky Hill and pushed back with it. Didn't mention anything about that. So what what does that do for Creighton as a potential witness to the character or credibility of Becky Hill as we know it in this three days of you know, essentially, is she truthful or not? Saying that she didn't tamper,
2: what does that do? It's not good because the more you pull on the string or un or peel the onion, because it's this exhibit goes to show that she's not credible and she's clearly biased. Because they will say she's not, and she's just you know I th- I can't remember what they said, but like a staunchly patriotic, hardworking public official. How dare you? It was something like that, and then all this unraveled. So, But if you're the defense, if you're our harpooner company, and there's some pushback to say that she's not biased and doesn't have an interest in one side or the other winning, therefore she wouldn't have said this to the jurors, you start either wanting to question her on this, and if she asserts the fifth, I want to question C- Creighton Waters on it. And I want to know when you got this, I don't have it in my FOIA, but what was your email response to her? What? No. What did you do with it? Did you, did, you know, I, I you know, and it might be that harpoonian knows what, where they were exactly in the trial on that day. And maybe Mike Sutton was not even done. Maybe they were on a lunch break. I remember he was about a three, four hour witness. Well, the email came through at like right. all the lunch break essentially. And so it's like, all right, what did you do? Who did you talk? So, I mean, yeah, you want to start then. I mean, it's, he becomes a witness because he never said anything. I don't know how you get around it. Now he may not be a witness that the defense chooses to call in this hearing, but it's certainly fair game just because you're the you know, the attorney. And I mean, it doesn't mean you can't be the witness if it comes down to it. So it's very tricky, very difficult, but it, had it been stopped in real time, I think probably a Judge Newman would have admonished her. And he would have, I don't know, he may have dismissed her and said, your deputy needs to take over. And he probably would have cautioned the state and said, hey guys, I know you didn't do anything with this. I want you to disregard this. And the trial would have kept going. Mm -hmm. The defense probably would have moved for a mistrial, preserved the issue, but you wouldn't, that probably would have been the end of Becky Hill's attempts to do anything,
0: Mm -hmm. maybe. Which does that make it suspicious that Creighton Waters like didn't mention that live time like what? Well, when we didn't because real- that hand was not raised,
2: it seems like he either mm-hmm. was getting a thousand emails and maybe he can say I never <laughs> saw it, or he's like I don't care what the clerk is sending me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't have time for it. I, he's got a wealth of Kenny Kinseys and investigators and all those folks to tell him. Well, well I, I, it, I agree. I agree
1: with all that. But when this string, as you said, started to be pulled upon with the jury being interviewed post conviction. And then the briefs were filed about jury misconduct. Then Creighton and the attorney general's office went and said they were investigating. They started looking at things. They did their investigation. They assured the public that, don't worry, different sled investigators are going to be involved in this investigation. And then they produced an affidavit yeah, that's with Becky Hill. And so at that point, you know, Craig's attention and the AG's office attention mm-hmm. is on that issue. And that should have been ringing mm-hmm. a bell about, oh by the way, while we're looking at all this and we're investigating independently, and we're not we're not so concerned that we put off our blood, sweat, and tears for over a year into the conviction of the trial of the century in South Carolina and maybe nationally. Mm-hmm. but like, oh yeah, was she emailing me daily about witness witnesses and what I should do? Oh, maybe I should. Say, hey, guys, now's time to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but instead, the there was a lot of doubling down with the opportunity
2: to bring it up was passed not once, but twice mm-hmm. at least. Uh, it's a real problem. It's not a good look. No. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, the last thing I think we can talk about, I mean, there's been so much media coverage. <clears throat> there's also a separate kind of request mm-hmm. that non-parties... Not be allowed to really be involved in the case, you know, because I think there was, you know, there's some of these jurors are represented by lawyers and there was some requests to. Be allowed to essentially be invited to the status conference on the 16th and they weren't invited by the court, And so I think there's been a request to have non party lawyers. You know be only allowed to be involved in like traditional ways you know if you represent someone that was you know involved in a car accident and there was a criminal case that came out of it you don't get to show up at status conferences and 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 file filings but you get to be apprised of what's going on you get to be with the jurors in court and that kind of stuff and so i think there's been a request of that that's kind of had a lot of Back and forth about that um, that's the only other thing that kind of closed this uh, defense filing was and that's a little bit unusual in and of itself but again it's a high-profile case there's a lot of interested parties there's a lot of interested I mean the jurors all have lawyers um, Becky Hill's got a lawyer obviously Murdoch's got a lawyer um, it's just fascinating um, but all that I think all of this, by the way, has already been vetted for live court streaming. Of course, except for the in-camera bit, that will that will not be live, but it seems like the courts have said that this can all be streamed live. So apparently there's gonna be coverage of the status conference as well as the evidentiary hearing. Luke, what do you think is gonna happen?
2: Oh, With a legal standard that that you I know think, to be. The tr- the motion for a new trial will be granted, just based on the law. Oh my God! You think there's some pressure <laughs> on Justice Poll? There's a tremendous amount
0: of pressure, and <laughs> that's crazy.
2: You know, she is as clever as it gets, and very experienced. I'll even use the word wily, but like she's appropriate for this. I, I appeared before her once in the Supreme Court, and she destroyed me. Oh, tell us more about that. Yeah,
0: that sounds exciting. <laughs> well,
2: it was a stand-your-ground case, and it was one of the, the issue that was a novel issue was whether we should be allowed to have evidentiary hearings on stand-your-ground claims for immunity and self-defense. And she ended up basically ruling, so I went all the way to Supreme Court, and she was peppering me with questions and telling me uh, exactly what I didn't want to hear and leaving me. You know, on my heels a little bit but essentially the case came down and said you know you you got your pretrial determination what you want is an evidence you're hearing and you're not entitled to that except on a case-by-case basis and she's got this real folksy way of talking mm-hmm. and uh that's the law and uh you know bad law makes bad facts or bad facts <laughs> make bad law but anyway so Not unlike this, in which there is an issue about an evidentiary hand. So, Luke, I noted that the defense team cited to a dissent
1: by Justice Toll. Did you catch that? I did. It's always a good, you're always in a good posture coming up before a ruling when you're citing the judge or before, and they're in support of your proposition, don't you think? That's a good
2: idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We typically like to cite cases to judges that have ruled on certain things. Do you also notice that in uh, the defense's request to keep Mr. Bland out of this hearing, as he represents um, some jurors, he, they specifically quoted him from his podcast? You do have to be careful what you say on podcast. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Somewhat kind <laughs> of, Somewhat. Could be described as a disparaging remark against justice toll and kind of his concerns about what she might do so they put that right in the filing
0: <laughs> and then oh, say he shouldn't be
2: allowed to be a part of this and say so, you
0: know you have to be careful what you say gosh.
2: but yeah um I think I think it's, just gonna, paid. it's getting paid. it's getting granted you know it, it's a tough position but Luke says it's getting granted it's getting granted but then what then there was no trial in front of what judge uh, remains to be seen. But, I mean... Man,
0: buckle up.
2: Just, <laughs> and how soon is so she, she just told... This This is not complex, and it was pretty interesting, if you read the brief, how Pootlin and Griffin really dismantled the state's brief as they try to kind of somewhat twist the standard. The standard is very fair, or very simple. There was a communication by that official, and it was about the subject matter. There's not a balancing test, there's none of that, so... Justice Toll can read that case, Cameron, as well as anybody, and be like, well, what you got for me? I've got one or two jurors here supporting the defense, some other evidence. Is Becky Hill gonna convince me, Justice Toll, that she is credible and didn't do any of these things? I don't know how she does. But it's not it's not whether the evidence would still hold a conviction. It's not a let's carve out this bad and see what we're left with. That's just not it. The Luke.
1: We wanted to cover different cases. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Well,
0: like, that was 2023. I think this is, I, think this I mean, bring the jury. We, I think we're somewhat responsible for this. We, like the world needs we this We wanted to cover different cases. Yeah, Kobe's going to have to go on hold. Oh, Kobe. Also, um, you know what's really interesting right now? I guess it's no longer a case anymore, but um, what's her name? Gypsy.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Um,
0: blanchard so yeah yeah, yeah. help kill her mama she uh, yes yeah.
2: yes yes well if the new trial gets granted I don't but we're
0: think, we're straight <laughs> out maybe just change something. i don't think it'll
2: go this year I mean, there's a lot of
0: you don't think we go this year it's january It's
2: a lot of ducks to get <laughs> a lot of
1: schedules a lot of resources wow oh i think it's going this year you think it's just are like we I mean, taking a bet? You think they make another six week trial already? Really, the filings for this yes, actually are being the filings in the Supreme Court. We're assigning special judges. There's been I think this decision gets tens made this year. of
2: millions of dollars. Actually, we can carve out all the financial crimes because that took up yeah. most of the trial. He's Let, now pled guilty. To this. If this, this would really if be. This gets a, a new trial. It'll it'll it'll
1: about about a two, new it will be about two. It will certainly go this year.
0: Can things? can like evidence or like witnesses, uh, I guess I'm getting the part before the horse. I'm going back to like everything that happened with the media, with like Netflix and Hulu and HBO and all of these like documentaries that are out now, like now that that information has been made known can that stuff be pulled during a retrial or is it like we can only operate off of what we had no, at the time they, in 2023?
2: Some like I think let's say Kenny Dr. Kenny Kinsey gave an interview, an interview about something. So a lot is, of people that is, that is directly contradictory and he's a key witness. And it somehow it, it is up his hourly rate, remember? Then,
0: <laughs>
2: then yeah, I mean anybody that is a factual or expert witness that had it doesn't count, you know, lawyers don't matter, but Who gave an opinion or asserted something Mm -hmm. about the case that could be used to impeach them if they have to testify again? Yeah, it's not under oath, but it's also not a good look if you're like, "Well, it wasn't under oath, so I was just kind of." So
0: there's not like a cutoff date where it's like, "Sorry, like we made this decision." No. So anything after the fact is no. No, that's great. I mean,
2: some some witness could come forward right now. One of the housekeepers is like, "Ah, "I lied." (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that would be very pertinent, relevant. And Mickey, and Hill's was,
1: Mickey Hill was emailing me, promising me <laughs> yeah. 10% from the book sales.
0: I got the green jackets, right? <laughs> we it. need like a more advanced AI to like retrieve information from the dog.
2: Uh, Bubba, yes.
0: Bubba, we're just behind the times on that. So, Not too so far though.
2: It's wild, but I, you know, there's a lot, but now that we take out the financial, all that's handled. Then the question is, we take a plea deal to run concurrent. I don't know that Mr. Murdoch would plead anything concerning his You story. know what's interesting, too? We haven't heard anything about Cousin Eddie. Oh,
0: Cousin oh, Eddie is just oh. out there.
2: He's in the wings, baby. I'm surprised. He's on he's ice. <laughs> ice. He's, on <laughs> ice. He's, <laughs> he's on ice. He's, so, he's
0: on ice. Until
2: we get finality, he's on ice. <laughs> Ready and available. <laughs> but I don't um, mean math. I mean, ice could be better. Oh, gosh. Mm. Um, well, take us out of here, Anna. This is it?
0: a colorful um, reintroduction back for the first episode of 2024. I think my favorites, uh, favorite highlights from today's episode were muddy the Waters and um, referring to Becky Hill as a gopher. <laughs> um, during that football metaphor. <laughs> Loved it. Um, y'all are definitely going to catch that later on the Instagram if you missed it um thank you all so much for tuning in you can always catch this episode um uploaded this week on your streaming platform of choice um whether you like to watch the video on youtube um or just listen in the car on your commute on your uh, streaming preferred method anyways you can always follow along on social media you can catch us on instagram facebook uh twitter linkedin youtube MySpace. MySpace. Uh, we on that Snapchat? And I guess Snapchat. No. Snapchat too. Snapchat can be risky. You've seen what Snapchat does. Uh, yeah.
1: Keep keep it safe, Hannah. Yeah, keep, keep it safe.
0: safe. And we will see you all next time. Thanks for tuning in. This has been.
2: Bringing the jury.